See if I can do this right. Good evening. It is really good uh, to be with you guys tonight. Thank you for being here as we worship the Lord together on Sunday evening. It has been just a full day. Sundays feel long sometimes. Today's been a really good full Sunday. Uh, I appreciate Jeff Lanius leading singing tonight. It's my first time to, to hear him do that, but he did a fantastic job and I appreciate him helping me out. It wouldn't be a, a one-man band up here tonight, so I appreciate him uh, leading singing where I could speak this evening. It has been a full day. Uh, this, I guess after services this morning, we had uh, the newcomers and uh, the guest luncheon. I saw a lot of people uh, that were here for that. It was really great to see a lot of our members here to encourage uh, those who are new and also those who are guests. It was just really encouraging to see. Um, it, it is 9-11. I don't think we said anything about it from the pulpit, maybe in a prayer this morning, but can you believe it's been 15 years? And uh, I hope you've, you've stopped and, and thank God um, that you're alive today. I hope you've stopped and thank God for the, the country you, you live in, for those who serve uh, I appreciate those who've prayed prayers like that today, and, and uh, it's, it's a day that you'll probably never forget if you're alive to see that day. We had a, a feedback meeting tonight for um, the building, for the future. Uh, I guess it went well. I didn't see anybody, I didn't see any like pitchforks or anything. Uh, so as far as I know, that went well. I guess by my standards, it was a good meeting. Uh, but it, it's been great. It's been a really good full day. And uh, and. I hope tonight as we study from the Word of God, there'll be something that will encourage you and maybe challenge you a little bit in your, in your daily walk with God. This past weekend, we had uh, what's called the Pioneer Conference. It was our, our third annual Pioneer Conference, the third one of these that we've done. And if you think about a pioneer, the job of a pioneer, it's not a word we use a whole lot, really, but it's, it's someone who, who seeks to expand territory. And so the idea of that conference every single year is, what if, what if we could do things that would, would try our best to help promote the idea of expanding God's territory, expanding God's territory? And so this past year, as we did our Pioneer Conference, uh, we, we focused on something called the One Word Study. Have you seen something about this? Maybe you've seen it on Facebook. Uh, maybe you haven't. We did a crazy video to promote it. Uh, but there's been a little bit of discussion about this. And this year at the Pioneer Conference, uh, we promoted that. It was a fantastic day. We had about I don't know, three dozen people who showed up, about 36, and we also streamed it online so people could watch, and there were about 63 people who watched, so about 100 people who attended the conference, whether in person or just from their home computer, uh, but it was really fantastic. It was an outstanding day. Uh, you're going to hear more about one word in the coming weeks, in the coming months, uh, but just to give you an idea of what it is, it is a study that is designed to help lead people uh, in an understanding of specific words from God's Word. I'm sure that David will tell you more about it in the weeks to come. Uh, it is a yearly study that congregations from all over the place have been invited to participate in. And yesterday at the Pioneer Conference, we showed people, I guess sort of like a workshop, how to use it, uh, what it was all about. Uh, we had Doug Burleson who came and spoke. I think there's a picture there of him on the screen. Uh, did a fantastic job. We also had Kirk Brothers who came and he did a phenomenal job as well. It was just a great day uh, to be together, a great day to think about the future. And again, you'll hear a, a little bit more about that in the coming days. I do want to say one more thing about that real quick. Uh, as you maybe have seen some things about that on Facebook, uh, something that I think is, is very appropriate to mention at this time uh, is the fact that the, the reason that the one word 
campaign is happening uh, in the first place is because of one of our dear sisters in Christ uh, who's not with us anymore, Miss Ann Craddock. And she was a, a very good lady who loved the Word of God, who loved to study the Word of God, and who loved to see the kingdom of God expanded, who loved the church. And so as we think about um, the things that God will do through the one word study, um, I, I, just, I just want us to be mindful of the fact that a very generous woman um, had, a, had a desire to see God's territory expanded. And I just think that's really appropriate. So I'm, I'm thankful for her, thankful for her faith and her legacy uh, and the fact that she's still able to, to touch lives today even though she's not with us. It really is fantastic. I'm going to need some help as we begin tonight. Um, I was thinking about who the perfect helper would be and I wanted to make sure he was going to be here tonight. And uh, he, he told me he was. And I don't, no reason why he would lie to me. Ethan Buckner, are you here this evening? Ethan, will you come up here, please, and join me on the stage? He, he doesn't know what's about to happen. You don't either, but he really doesn't know. Uh, I appreciate you dressing up for the occasion, Ethan. It's really nice for you to do. Um, Ethan, hello. Hi. Thanks for being here tonight. Uh, how old are you, Ethan? 15. 15. All right, so 15 years old. Um, one of the things about being 15 that I remember was the anticipation of getting a car and driving. Are you excited about this? Yes, sir. Okay, when's your birthday? June 22nd. June, okay, you got a little while. Well, how about this? Do you have a car yet? Sort of. Sort of. Okay. I'm not sure how you sort of have a car. It's my mom's. It's your mom's. Okay, well, you're right, sort of. Yeah. All right. What if, um, I, I've got good news for you. Tonight, I'm giving you my car. Okay. This is for you. Thank you. I'm such a great Christian, right? <laughs> no, um, I, I want you to have it. I want you to have my car. This is a Jeep. I, I, don't even, I don't know stuff about cars. It's a Jeep and it's red. That's about all I know. And um, it is for you. It is my gift to you. Um, however, I will be needing to use it tomorrow. Actually, I need to use it tonight to drive home. Uh, but after that, you can have it. And... Come to think of it, tomorrow, I'm probably going to need it as well because I have to drive into work. Um, so that could be an issue. But is that okay? Could I use it like the next couple of days? Sure. Well, Tuesday I have hot yoga. So I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'll be a lovely image for you guys, I know. But um, I don't think Tuesday would probably work out best. Wednesday I have church. So maybe not Wednesday either. Thursdays I have a spinning class. Um, but Friday should work, except not, probably not for the next few Fridays, like maybe the next 52 Fridays probably won't work. Um, then we're at Saturday and I'm actually busy. And how old are you again? 15. 15. So you can't drive anyway. So I'll just take it back. Okay. okay. Have a good night. Yeah. You. You're welcome. Don't you hate limits? Don't you hate limits? I know you love them, but you also hate them. You hate like speed limits at times. You hated this idea of having to wait until you're 16 where you could have all the freedom. You have the car, you could drive anywhere you wanted to. We love things to be unlimited, right? We love unlimited texting. We love unlimited data. Oh, that's the best, right? Unlimited phone calls. I mean, who does that anymore? But unlimited stuff. We love Fazoli's, why? Unlimited breadsticks. Why else have they stayed open all these years? Actually, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> if it's unlimited, it's free. But anyway, it's kept them open. 
We love unlimited, um, unlimited everything. Man, um, if you're playing a video game, you won't have like unlimited lives or unlimited ammunition if you're like fighting in a fighting game or something. Um, this idea of unlimited, unlimited access, unlimited data, unlimited Wi-Fi. We love that idea. I've heard this new promotion that's come out at Krispy Kreme. If you pay $10, they'll let you have unlimited donuts all day long. Totally lied, but wouldn't that be great if that was true? You guys got super excited for a minute. We love, we love this idea. You got so excited, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but we love this idea of, of things being unlimited. We love this idea of, of having no limits, but as much as we love unlimited stuff, we've perfected the art of limiting ourselves. We've learned to say no. We've learned to give up. We quit. We get tired. We give in. We, we sabotage things. We get bent out of shape. We get our feelings hurt. We make excuses. We get lazy. We, we hold back. We get scared. We limit ourselves. And of course, there are times where we need to say no. And, and of course, there are times where we need to know our limits but instead, tonight, what I want to talk to you about and what I want you to consider is this. Do you limit yourself when it comes to following God? Do you limit yourself when it comes to following God? Is, is there a part of you that wants to follow him up to a certain point? Is there a part of you that loves the idea of following God, but there's another part of you that always wants to hold back just a little bit? Do you limit yourself from following God? We serve an awesome, limitless God. A God who can do all things. A God who invented nature and everything we see. And then, and then we read in the scriptures that he broke the rules of nature. And he performed miracles. And instead of, of allowing that, that same limitless God to take the wheel, we're, we're, we find ourselves like constantly tapping the brakes. And instead of, of like drinking deeply from, from the well of life, the, the living water, instead of doing that, we, we're content to come in here one time a week on a Sunday morning and take a little bit in a communion cup and it lasts us through the week. Instead of doing that thing that God has put in our hearts, we procrastinate and ignore it. Instead of waking up each day and saying to the Lord, what do you want me to do today? We're too scared to pray it because we're afraid of where it might lead us. Why do we limit ourselves when we serve a limitless God? Oh, but you and I aren't the only ones that do this. Not at all. In fact, we read about individuals in the word of God who did this. I want to point your eyes tonight, your, your hearts, your minds towards the book of Exodus chapter three. We're not the only ones who really maybe put our arms up at arm's length a little bit from following God's plans at times. And tonight, you know this character very well, but I want to look at that very idea, that very concept in the life of Moses. In Exodus chapter three, this idea of Moses maybe pushing against God's will just a little bit. We're going to read chapter three, verses one through nine. A man who tried to limit his involvement in God's plans. Exodus three, verse one. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. 
He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight when the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near, take off, take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me and I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. So you can imagine a Mo Moses standing there seeing this incredible sight maybe being stricken, stricken with amazement, a little bit of fear. But as, as God's talking to him more and more, he's got to be getting pumped up because all these people, his, his ancestors, his kinsmen, all these people that he cares so much for, they're, they're being oppressed and they're slaves. And, and God finally breaks the silence and he says, Moses, I've seen my people and I've heard their cry and I know what they're going through and, and, and I'm going to intervene. And you can imagine going, yes, Lord, I'm in. Let's do this. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in. Let's see. Let's see what you got. I, I'm just going to watch. Let's do it. You're, I'm all behind you. And, and Moses says, and, and, and then comes verse 10. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God says, I'm going to deliver my people out of Egypt. Moses says, yes, Lord. And I know just the one to do it. Yes, Lord. I, you know the man to do it. Who is it, Lord? It's you, Moses. Wait, excuse me. I, time out. Uh, it, me. You, you want me to do this. And for the next few minutes... I want to look at this idea of Moses maybe limiting his involvement with this Lord who speaks to him. And for the next few minutes, I want you to think about your involvement with the Lord that's spoken to you. Do you limit that same Lord? There's three things we're going to look at that Moses says, and there's a lot of other places in the word of God we could look, but we're going to look at three things that Moses says. And I think it's three things that you and I maybe have been guilty of saying at times in our lives. The first thing that Moses does is say, who am I? Because clearly the limitless God of the universe hasn't considered the limitations of his plans, right? It's, it's kind of what Moses is acting like. He, let's analyze this remark that Moses says, who am I? Who am I? The limitless God of the universe tells Moses what he's going to do and how God is going to use him. And Moses throws on the brakes and he says, whoa, who am I? I can't do this. <laughs> Pharaoh? I mean, the king of Egypt? I'm a nobody. I I'm going to lead your people out of Egypt. Moses was quick to limit himself when it came to God's plan. And number one, just like Moses, we limit ourselves because we're focused on who we are instead of who he is. Sometimes I think we limit our involvement with God because we look at who we are instead of who he is. Look what God says in response to Moses in verse 12. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, but I will be with you. 
And this shall be the sign for you that I've sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. We know that that came to pass later on. Moses, I'm not sending you all alone and by yourself. You're missing the point. It's not about who you are. It's about who I am. I'm going to be with you. I've got you. Uh, well, I, I, could, I could never be a great Christian. I, I, can't, I can't do things like this person over here. And I, I, can't, I can't speak like this person. I can't, I can't serve God in the way that, that this lady over here does. I'm not an encourager like this guy. I'm, I'm not a servant like him or her. I, I can't lead Bible studies. I, I, I don't really have any talent. I can't, I can't lead people to the Lord like, like this person over here. And I think God would say, quit worrying about those things. I'm with you. It's not about you. It's about the one at work within you. You and I have have got to understand that the potential within us is as limitless as the one within us. The potential inside of us is as limitless as the one who lives inside of us. The excuse Moses gives here is is very similar, if you keep reading the story, to the the same excuse he gives in chapter 4, verse 10. I guess he he thought he'd maybe change it just a little bit, but Moses is still focused more on this idea of what he can't do instead of what God can do. And it's in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 that we read this. Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. If, if we are not careful, we limit ourselves to God's plan because we're focused on who we are. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more Then all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work, where? Within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. We're going to skip ahead in the story uh, to chapter 4 to see the next limitation that Moses seems to put upon himself. In Exodus chapter 4 verse 1, we read this. Then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will all say, the Lord did not appear to you. Number two, I think kind of like Moses, we tend to limit ourselves because of what others might say, do, or think. We tend to limit ourselves because of what others might say or do or think. I think sometimes we keep Christianity at arm's length because we're afraid of what others might say about us. God, I, I, can't, I can't do this. I, 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 don't, I don't want to look weird. I don't want my friends uh, to, to think I'm like this, this Jesus freak. I don't want people to, to look at me at work and, and think that I'm just, just some like holier than thou Christian. I don't want people to, to treat me differently. I mean, what, what, if they don't, what if they don't believe what I believe? What if they don't see it the way that I see it? What if they, they don't listen to, to me? Or, or what if they see an issue differently than the way I see an issue? And the answer God gives to Moses on this one is a miraculous answer. So it doesn't really match up, I guess, with, he doesn't say to you, hey, um, Tony, throw your staff down, all right? But what can we learn? Whether or not people believe what you believe is sort of irrelevant when it comes to following God. 
Let them say what they'll say. Let them think what they'll think. I must be willing to follow, though none go with me. Number three, I think we limit ourselves spiritually because we'd rather someone else do what God has designed for me to do. It's that idea of of passing the buck, right? Well, somebody else can do it. Somebody else will do it. Someone else can do it better than I can. It's that idea of making an excuse and passing the buck. Exodus chapter 4, 13. But he said, oh my Lord, please send someone else. Moses is out of excuses. This is the last one. He's like, hey, just please, anybody but me. Verse 14, then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses because God was tired of his excuses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth and you shall be as God to him and take in your hand this staff with which you shall do the signs. The staff of Moses is actually a pretty cool story. God does a lot of really amazing things through that staff and it's kind of here that it starts here on the mountain in Exodus chapter three and four. But you can imagine God's frustration with Moses. And it's sort of amazing that he doesn't just vaporize Moses on the mountain there and say, okay, let's find someone else. He's patient with Moses through his excuses, but Moses is given a lot of excuses. And when it comes to the things of God, what about you? When it comes to the work of God, how involved are you? When it comes to kingdom work, doing things to serve our community, doing things to serve one another in the church, doing things to serve just because it's the right thing to do, because our Lord served. How involved are you in kingdom work? Well, those people, they're, they're church people, and, and so they kind of do that. Well, someone else will take care of that because there's, there's plenty of other people that can do it. it. It doesn't really depend on me. I'm not really needed. Men, how many of you would be deacons if you would push yourself a little bit more? If you wouldn't limit your involvement? Men, how many of you could be elders if you did the same thing? If you didn't hold back and if you always pushed to serve and to grow and not limit God? Brothers and sisters, how much work, how much more work could be done in the church if we committed ourselves to doing what God has put in our hearts. God's given you a gift. And instead of, what if instead of waiting around for someone else to do it, you just did it? What if, in, what if you did what only you can do? Are you good with numbers? Serve God. Are you thoughtful? Serve God. Are you an artist? Are you a singer? Are you a speaker? Are you a writer? Are you good with computers? Can you speak Spanish? Whatever you can do, don't limit your involvement in God's work or in God's ways or in God's will just because it's inconvenient or uncomfortable for you. So what? You've heard this little sermon on not limiting yourself in ways that God can use you. What's the point? I mean, really, I I guess I thought a lot about that during this lesson, like, 
what's the point of this lesson? What, what should be different about me after hearing this tonight? There's about three things I want to share with you as we wrap up tonight. I call these life lessons. So here's some life lessons at the end of the lesson uh, for you as we close. Number one, I need to stop limiting myself. God is not content with my excuses. Every time that Moses gave God a limit, God shot it down. That excuse that you've held on to for so long, that excuse that's kind of your go-to, if you could allow God to speak to that, what would he say? That excuse that you love to always come back with, what would God say to your excuse? You gotta give it up. Number two, I need to participate in God's will for my life. God has a will for you, follow it. He's got a will for me. And I'm the only one who can follow that will. He's got a will for you and you're the only one who can follow God's will for your life. God's given us a gospel greater than the one Moses was given. Moses was to deliver God's people from slavery, but you and I have been given a gospel that can deliver people from being slaves to sin. It's a gospel with no limits and we must never, ever hold it back. It's time to stop making excuses and stop playing games Stop running from responsibility and do God's will. Number three, what would you do for God tonight if you weren't holding anything back from him? What would you do for God tonight if you weren't holding any part of your life back from him? Is there an area of your life that, that you need to surrender to God? Who does God use? Who does God use? It's not usually the eloquent, but he uses the eloquent. It's not usually the most talented person, but he uses the most talented person. You know who God uses? Willing, faithful servants. Tonight, three very simple questions. Are you willing? Are you faithful? Are you a servant? If you're willing to follow God, He is faithful and He is willing to take you in. If you haven't been faithful to God, He is willing and He is faithful to take you back. If you've never become His servant, tonight is the night where you can start serving God. He is willing, he is faithful, and he wants you to serve him. Tonight, we want to be your family. We want to support you any way we can. We believe we've been given a gospel that can change hearts and transform lives. I don't think I can change your life. I don't think anybody in this church building can change your life. But I believe in the one who changes lives. And he's given us that power in his word. I don't know where you are spiritually, but I know we have a God who's faithful and willing to take us all back when we wander away from him. Tonight, if we can encourage you, if you'd like to follow him, if you'd like to become a Christian, whatever it is you need, please let us know. We want to do anything we can to support you.
If we can help in any way, please come as we stand and sing.